0: When
1: you were playing that record, what were you thinking? What? Hello, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of Take 25. If you're new here, my name is Luke Urban, and I am the host here at Take 25. I have conversations with creatives and entrepreneurs, and we all have some kind of connection into Arkansas. We're either from here, or we move here to start our creative projects. Now, before we get into this episode, I'd like to ask if you are new here, if you're on YouTube, please consider hitting that subscribe button and hit the like button. That will help the algorithm. It'll help us get the show out there. If you're listening to this on a podcast, be sure to subscribe or follow. That way you can get the latest episodes on the podcasting service that you use. Now, on today's episode, we are going to be very focused on uh, the town that I'm currently in. Uh, called Conway, and we are going to be having a conversation with Jessica Crum. We're going to be talking about the studio, which is a co-working space in downtown Conway, and um, right now they are expanding, and it's going to be a really cool space. So we're going to talk a lot about Jessica's story leading up to the idea for the studio and where it is currently. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy this conversation with myself and Jessica. Thanks so much for taking time this morning. so where, where I like to start off with things is kind of at the beginning. So could you share a little bit about like growing up? Were you doing a lot of creative projects growing up? Because you, you're super creative and we're going to talk about some of these projects you're working on now, but I want to know like what kind of led up to that? Did you have entrepreneur parents? Was anyone close in your family uh, entrepreneurs? What was that like growing up?
0: Yeah. So I uh, didn't like being bored. I mean, like any other kid. And so my mom's solution to that was coming to work with her and she ran my grandpa's company. So my family owns um, an HVAC company um, in Pine Bluff. I'm from Pine Bluff originally. So yeah, I'm bored at home. And she's like, well, come on up to the office, honey. You can file papers. (laughs) So Honestly, I was like, yes. All right. Give me something to do. So she raised me to be really like task oriented and achievement oriented, and um, and yeah, that all started working in the um, in the family business for sure.
1: Oh, wow. So I grew up in Hope. Um, so yeah, like for me, there wasn't much in Hope going on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like for for me on a creative side, what really sparked was uh, was really through music starting out we had a really awesome band director and it was a husband wife couple who, who kind of ran that jointly. Um, But the husband, he also knew tech. So he ran all the tech infrastructure more or less for Hope Arkansas, but primarily for the school districts. So like, that was like the big moment for me was in high school was like, they used Apple computers and I wasn't very familiar. So
0: yeah. Who else was using Apple computers?
1: (laughs) Yeah, not many. uh, But you know, he, he always carried around at least three or four laptops with him everywhere he went, but one was generally a Mac. So that was a big aha moment for me. It was like, I was really getting into like seeing what Steve jobs was up to as I was graduating high school. Um, but they were a big influence on me. Um, what was school like growing up? Was there, Oh
0: man. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, I didn't do the drama thing. So I was very anti-drama. Um, Mm -hmm. Again, I was like, hey, I've I've got a you know three different jobs. I'm 15. I had my like hardship license, you know, so that I could go to work. I loved working and um maybe to a fault. But yeah, ninth grade came along and the girls were mean. And I told my mom that I didn't want to go to school anymore. I said, Mom, I hate going here. These girls are mean. I don't have time for this drama. I've other like goals in my life (laughs) Uh, than being popular. So um, I asked her if I could drop out and homeschool myself. And she was crazy and she said, yes. <laughs> and so in ninth grade, I, I, that was like in, the, like in the drive-through line where she was dropping me off. I said, mom, I, I don't wanna go to school anymore. Can I please homeschool myself? And she said, honey, I don't have time to homeschool you. <laughs> and I said, mom, I promise I'll do it myself. And she said, okay. And she drove away and I never went back to school again. And <laughs> so I finished up my uh high school degree uh through homeschool, like a co-I joined a co-op and did mm-hmm. some homeschool stuff, you know, in the HVAC shop, you know, mm-hmm. in between filing and answering the phones. <laughs> and uh graduated when I was 16 and then and then left for college at that age.
1: Wow, that's pretty incredible uh geez I would have loved to do that
0: yeah except that I have a a daughter going into ninth grade and so I'm like don't get any ideas (laughs) not even ask me
1: (laughs) yeah wow yeah like school was fine growing up um I was like I didn't do band and music and stuff until later like so like junior high going into ninth grade I was trying to figure out the sports thing and that wasn't really my scene and then like my best friend was in band so he's like dude just just come join band like it's yeah. I can teach you it's fine you can do this
0: isn't so it funny doing- like those people who introduced you to something that just sparked I mean we I had yeah. an art teacher who mm-hmm. and you know like they don't fund art at school I, I mean it's still an issue <laughs> um and so our art class was in like a trailer behind the school literally it didn't even have like a classroom so but it was my favorite place to be was in that trailer you know mm-hmm. so in between classes or after school I would go and ask her if she had anything I could help with and she'd you know help let me help prep the projects you know for her classrooms mm-hmm. she was in charge of doing all the like decorative boards and stuff across the school so she would let me work on those and. Yeah, that was probably, like, my first um, experience w- doing creative work, you know, because mm-hmm. it really felt like I was she was giving me work to do that was, mm-hmm. like, fruitful. I could be creative, and um, and other people were going to enjoy it in the hallways, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, Miss White was her name. She was awesome.
1: Lovely. We had a little bit of art in high school. I think we were all required to take one art class.
0: Yeah.
1: Um the the biggest thing, like we'll we'll jump ahead here in a second. Um, but yeah, like senior year. I just remember senior year, I was getting more into film and we had this uh this series of computer classes where we didn't do software. So I think most students now, from what I'm kind of picking up, they're getting more into software focus where we were hardware. It was like take a computer apart, learn how everything works, put it back together. And then we'll also teach you how to, like, basically build the network to make them all work together. Yeah. And kind of at the end, it wasn't really a class. It was set up to be like, all right, the community kind of knows about us. So we're going to let them come to us with their problems, and y'all can fix them.
0: Oh, my gosh. In Hope, Arkansas? Yeah. that's and essentially,
1: essentially just do it on your own. So, I mean, you get common things, you get things where people just want I just want to get a better hard drive. I want more RAM. But some people are like, I've got a virus. I don't know how I got a virus. Like you need to fix it and then tell me what to do not to get it again.
0: Yeah. And that was
1: really interesting because that that kind of got you into these, this concept of entrepreneurship and freelancing because we had so much freedom. It was basically they would come drop off their computers, we'd fix it, and then we would just go to their office or go to their home, set it back up for them, show them what we did. And then, you know, sometimes they're nice enough and they give you a tip, you know, for generosity and that kind yeah. of stuff. And, but that's shows what like it, that
0: you have a skill, a marketable yeah, skill. Exactly. Right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's awesome.
1: And then and then on the film side of things, it was very similar. It was like we're gonna kind of pick a, a topic or a location and it was like go film. Go create something. Go make a movie and like you know, see what you can do.
0: Yeah. So That's
1: that awesome. that was really, really, really fun. So so you I'm mentioned really college.
0: Impressed. I'm impressed with Hope, Arkansas. <laughs>
1: yeah. Hope Hope, Arkansas is like you, you get you get you get, get some talent out of there for sure.
0: That's awesome.
1: It's just one of these, like trying to think like, you know, as I get a little bit older, it's like, do I want to try to do more for that place growing up? You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, it's yeah because you know, business-wise I know there's been struggles there but um but you know for me it's more like the talent like what's the talent yeah. pool like and um yeah keeping that going
0: that's cool um
1: so college did you stay in Arkansas for college
0: no so at 16 I le- I literally left and moved to Los Angeles to go to fashion school nice it's ridiculous I <laughs> I, now I, the more I the older I get and the older my daughter gets the more I'm like I need to stop telling people this, um, but yeah I, I was like so ready to leave I and you know it's one of those things where sometimes you're like your dreams are are so big that you're like there's nothing for me here you know and. And so, yeah, I I was just running from Arkansas, which did is you, so ironic because I have achieved so many dreams here now as an adult. <laughs> right. As a child, I was like there's nothing for me.
1: So, did you did you venture out in Arkansas or was it was it kind of like because I hear this from students a lot where they just think being in hope hope such a small town there's not not too much there. There's a community right. college. And then you got like, you know, Texarkana is probably the closest thing, which is just a little bit bigger but not as big as like Little Rock, but they all expect Arkansas like hope. Did you kind of have that? Were you thinking like along that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm from Pine Bluff. And so like I was, I loved sewing my own clothes. You know, my grandma taught me to sew. And so I was making my own clothes for Easter Sunday and things like that. And um, I'd ask my grandpa for his like ties that he wasn't wearing anymore and try to make them into handbags and stuff. I thought I was like so innovative. <laughs> uh, I was so passionate. Uh, but that was you know just a hobby it felt like oh this is just a hobby you know yeah. if i'm in pine bluff but if i'm in los angeles this could be my job you know and um and so yeah it's you you think that the world is only as big as your sphere of influence you know mm-hmm. so i've never met a fashion designer in pine bluff you know how can i possibly believe that in arkansas i can pursue fashion design you know um that's why I think it's so important here to just expose young people to the stuff that like you and I do sure you know
1: yeah which yeah. uh yeah I, that's fascinating yeah because like my wife's a fashion designer
0: yeah really right? yeah. I that.
1: yeah yeah at mm-hmm.
0: or where at? Okay. yeah
1: yeah so okay. she uh you know this she went to school not so much for the design aspect but for for more of like the the merchandising side yeah. That side of things, but she's yeah. similar story growing up, like would make all of her dresses, prom dresses,
0: mm-hmm.
1: do all that and kind of like started that. So
0: that's awesome. Um, we need to meet.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> which she's gone out, you know, she likes going out to, to LA. She did schooling overseas too. And okay. I think that really kind of helped with a lot yeah. of that influence.
0: Yeah.
1: So what uh did you finish college and then like did something what drew you back to Arkansas?
0: Yeah. So I finished school at FITM, uh, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising in Los Angeles. And then um, a professor hooked me up with my first job. Um, and so I was an assistant designer for a young contemporary line and then um, had like a series of design jobs in LA over the next seven years. Um, and then I had my daughter when I was 17. So uh <laughs> I was stubborn and I pushed through and said, I'll still make a career for myself and raise a decent human at the same time. That was (laughs) (laughs) invincible. Um, But then I met my husband and uh, we had our son. So by seven years into my fashion design career, I had two kids and and life was getting, honestly, just um, really meaningless if i'm being honest it it was um you know i'm going to work i'm making clothes Mm -hmm. and uh we're selling them for like three dollars to the forever 21 and you know people in mexico are being uh, essentially abused in order to create these clothes people in korea or you know china wherever are Mm -hmm. probably not making a decent living when they're making these three dollar garments like Mm it's, you know, you start to kind of feel gross about it. And, um, and I loved it. You know, it's really fun picking out fabrics and sketching, you know, apparel all day, but uh, you get home and you're like, okay, what's the impact? You know, yeah. I, th- I think that having kids kind of makes you, makes you think more about what you're leaving behind too. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it came to a point where we were like, okay, we've got to rethink, you know, purpose and direction here. Um, and I was just burnt out from making junior fashion, you know, um, and being really demanding of our vendors, mm-hmm. um, you know, to save 10 cents on a garment. It was just, it was getting gross. And so, uh, my husband was like, Jess, I think we need to move to Arkansas. And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> He's a screenwriter. Like he writes movies. Right. What is there's nothing for us there? And so he's like, let's pray about it. Let's, you know, let's just like put it on the table. So we did. And it was, I mean, some serious like prayer fasting stuff. And we were like, okay, this is it. This is it. It was like a trust fall, literally. Um I mean, honestly, like on the drive to Arkansas with our, like we had an 18 wheeler with our stuff in it, you know, shipping our stuff to Arkansas and we didn't have jobs. It was like, what are we going to do when we get there? We had like maybe three, six months of savings. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, God, show us what's next. And on the drive, he like started his interview process with AETN, ended up being a producer there. And then of course, like I started, free, I continued freelancing with some of my friends who are in fashion and then uh, started Silver Lake, but it's been awesome. I mean, like, I'm so glad we're here, but it's one of those things where you're like, what? It's just such a winding road, yeah. you know? So.
1: Wow. Two, two questions around that. Is uh, he from Arkansas?
0: no he's from Virginia
1: from Virginia like okay. DC metro area so curious why why pick Arkansas is it just so because do you have family here, here just family yeah here?
0: it was like dude we've got two kids and we've yeah. got dreams and we need help
1: <laughs> right
0: <laughs> it's lonely when you have kids and no grandparents
1: yeah yeah uh yeah I with all all my core friends right now we talk about that stuff a lot um for especially with those that have their parents are not in Arkansas or different Mm -hmm. states, you know, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so before the move, were you doing any like freelancing? Were you still kind of in this entrepreneur mindset at this point, or was it really just focused on the job and the family?
0: So when we moved, um, my only option was just to continue freelancing, you know, in fashion. I didn't have any other experience, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, I've done some bookkeeping because my mom's an accountant and she let yeah. me do that in the family business. <laughs> but So I've, I can be, a, I can do a bookkeeping job or some freelance fashion design stuff. And my friends in fashion always were freelancing out graphic design. So like, um, fabric prints, embroidery, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. And so I kind of picked up some of those skills, you know, just self-taught illustrator kind of stuff. And um, so, yeah, when I left, I, I was, you know, still contacted by my friends who were designers who were like, Hey, I need a print for this t-shirt. I need a fabric print for the, this dress or whatever. And so I was doing like one-off projects, you know, mm-hmm. like 200 bucks and create a, a prints and they'd send it to China, put it on a, you know, on a dress or whatever. So that's what I was doing like when we moved here.
1: What transitioned over into more of tech-focused web, like <laughs> that kind of design?
0: Honestly, when I moved here and I said I'm a designer, people mm-hmm. were, I, or, you know, I said, I'm a fashion designer. And they'd say, oh, can you hem my pants? And I'd be like, nope. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I can, but I'm not going to. Um, or it was either that, it was either can you hem my pants or uh, can you make my logo? And so, you know, I'm a designer. Oh, can you make my logo? Um, sure. You know, I had I knew how to use Adobe Illustrator, so I could probably pull off a logo. I don't. I would never want you to see my first logos from eight years ago, but <laughs> I did them. Uh, but it was for like nonprofits. Cause I, yeah. I love, you know, okay. And I love being busy. And so we moved here and I was just freelancing and I was like, I have got to do something with my time. I started looking for nonprofits to, to work with and they had crappy graphics, you know, like ridiculous print materials. So I was like, okay, we got, we can fix this. And so I started kind of, again, uh, just, Saying yes and figuring it out and mm-hmm. and yeah so that's how that started and then pasta grill uh caught wind of my design um my little side hustle mm-hmm. and they said can you make my website and I said yes and then I was like <laughs> how to make a website uh so <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's, that was my first website and, and I hired a project manager because it was too much, you know, uh, there was a lot of work and coming in and I either had to say no to some of it or hire a project manager who could help me manage it all and, and start scheduling it out, you know? So that was how Silver Lake started.
1: What year was this?
0: 2015. Okay. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. So uh, At that point, I, I'm done with school. I was probably yeah. I was getting into like probably my first agency for iOS work for mobile development at that
0: Ooh, point. Which yeah. one?
1: Um, so the first agency I worked for was Clara Vista. That's where I did my internship and where where yeah. I learned everything. And then um, there was another student that I met uh, at UCA where I ended up bringing him on as an intern, which he was already doing like independent apps. And um, him and his best friend started a business and um, had to do it outside of Arkansas. Mm. And I went through a couple of jobs right after school and then, um, you know, hit a point where, where I was let go and he did some work. So I, I reached out to him and it was just like, you know, stars aligned, like perfect timing, right timing, because that was literally what he said, told me, he was like, I'm so glad you reached out because... We just hit a point where we need to bring on someone else
0: that's awesome, and
1: so brought brought me on so that that was kind of my transition into the world of being able to just work from home and yeah. <laughs> just wake up, go to work and
0: and now nothing else is acceptable. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is so different. Um, even though I had some some other transitions where I did office, I went back to an yeah. office from time to time. But even when I was back in the office, I was like, man, I really don't want to be here. I, like, I forgot how to get out of here.
0: Taste of freedom. Yeah, yeah. I bet so, that's how uh, a lot of people feel after this pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, talking with my brother, like my you know my brother uh, moved up here, and uh, he's he's an account counting major. Okay. And So like he like got the office job. So he worked in Little Rock and then he got one in Conway. And then like right when that happened, it was like, nope, gotta work from home. <laughs> so we were catching up the other day and he's like, yeah, now they're talking about maybe going back to the office. But it's like, I don't know. It's like, if you can stay at home, get it, get work done, get it done. Exactly. But let's lead into that. So what, what were the moments that led to the idea for the studio? was there any, or was there any yeah room?
0: so Silver Lake was three years old and we were working in my living room slash dining room and <laughs> nice. and it was all females I mean I hired a female graphic designer from Jonesboro I hired um a female project manager so it was chill we were at my dining table and it was fine and then I hired Zach and we were like well this is weird <laughs> maybe we should get an office (laughs) and so we start looking around and um oh man we got this tiny like matchbox office downtown and it had like a prison window and it was so depressing so I got an office for Silver Lake and then just nobody wanted to be in there because it was so depressing so we were just working at coffee shops half the time anyway and um and yeah, it that honestly it was like okay, there's got to be a co-working space here. You're googling, "Nope, there's no co-working space here. Why don't why isn't there a co-working space here? We should make so, a co-working space." <laughs> so
1: real quick, did you did you ever look into Conway Co-work when we did that?
0: Um yes, I found Arlton's YouTube yeah. video promoting it, and I told him about it at the open house the other day and he was like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, we tried to start that like
0: in yeah. 2010,
1: 2011, yeah, and you
0: guys had some foresight, man. That was yeah, co-working was a thing.
1: Looking, if you look in tech, some so many of us were were probably doing some work out in the valley, um, yeah, or even in New York. And at that point, though, those places had starting with those.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah,
1: like the whole like the feedback I remember was really different. I think most people just weren't grasping the idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Um, and and actually, so, you know, we started the studio three years old this summer, mm -hmm. Uh, so we started it thinking it was going to be a lot of, like, tech, you know, Mm -hmm. designers, even startups, Um, and honestly, it hasn't been. It's been, um, you know, solopreneurs who Mm -hmm. maybe they're consultants, maybe they're, um, you know, coaches or, um, or like project managers who work for an out-of-state company. So a lot of like employees um, have space here and work here. So it's been interesting to discover like, oh, this isn't the audience I thought it would be, you know, mm-hmm. um, going in. But yeah. And
1: I think that's really cool because the whole, the thing I enjoy about going to places like that is you don't know who you're going to meet. Yeah. And you never know what could happen because, you know, exactly. I could be, I could be freelancing, just doing dev, but I may need a designer, or I may need someone who has project management skills, Yeah. or I may need oh, a lawyer. Really? We, <laughs> like...
0: We're expanding you know, the space mm-hmm. <clears throat> into the entire building, and um, we need a painter. So the notary who runs a desk upstairs uh, also runs her dad's painting business. <laughs> And I know that because we've been working together for two years now, you know, and so I've discovered, oh, your dad has a painting business. Can Mm -hmm. I get an estimate? So they, we just gave them like a huge painting gig, you know, painting our, Mm -hmm. um, our space next door. So yeah, there's so much like organic networking that happens and it's a beautiful thing.
1: Yeah. And that's what makes those such special spaces to be in. Um, So. You're growing the space now, but how how has it been before this? Like, have you had to turn people away? Like, how how's the basically like the start? Because I'm sure like at this point, because when you started it versus like 2010, I'm sure the the thought of it has changed at this point. So, what was like the initial reaction when you opened?
0: Yeah, how did things go? So, I'm co-founder of the studio. My Mm -hmm. my best friend Kate is our Mm -hmm. CEO um she lets me do all the creative (laughs) so I thought oh I'll make it beautiful and then they'll come right like if you build it they'll come which you Mm -hmm. learn pretty quickly like no 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 (laughs) there's a huge gap between you know what we've created here and what people even think they need you know like everybody doesn't everybody will say yeah working from home is full of distractions Mm -hmm what's their solution to that a coffee shop like if if you ask most people they wouldn't say oh we need a co-working space it's like one of those things where people don't even know what they need and so right. our first i want to say our first 2 years was education hmm. what is co-working this is what co-working looks like these are the people who are co-workers you know it was very a lot of education around what is co-working the first couple of years and then the pandemic hmm. At first, everyone who was working here stopped working here. (laughs) And we were like, if you keep your membership for a few months, this was Kate's brilliance. She was like, if you keep your membership for a few months, we'll put your name on the door. You know, you will like, it will help save the studio. You know, we won't make it if if you don't. And so, yeah, several people said, okay, I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to keep my membership. And, you know, after a few months, we started coming back in. Distanced, masked, like all of the mm-hmm. protocol. And, um, and then she was getting a huge influx of calls and, and emails. Hey, can, you know, do you have any space available? Can I come and co-work? And we had, we had shut it down to new members. We were like, mm-hmm. no, we don't want to make our mem- our current members uncomfortable. You know, you're not in our bubble.
1: <laughs> right.
0: And everyone was just freaked out. You know, you don't know what to do. You're trying your best. And so Kate was like, no, we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it close to new members for now. But we were getting calls all the time. And so finally we said, okay, let's open it up to like a day pass, you know, It's available. So people could get day passes. And then we started selling like two, three day passes a week. It was so crazy. And then she opened it up and said, all right, well, we'll take new members now, you know, we're all feeling safe. She's, you know, cleared it with all the members that they're cool, but we capped it. We were like, we're not taking more than this many, you know, Mm -hmm. so that it's safe safe in here and and all that. And then uh, we met the cap like very quickly. And so then we start building a waiting list. And then, you know, I decided to start this this school for creatives and I'm like, hey, can I, can I go ahead and secure like eight spots for our upcoming students, you know, so they'll have a membership. And she's like, we don't have room. We have a waiting list. The students are coming. Like, what are we going to do? And so we started talking to Matova. They had rented the space right next to us, you know, like the full building. And they're like, yeah, we're not coming back. They had left during the pandemic. All the furniture's in there, right? And they're like, "We're not coming back." Um, and they, so they agreed to let us take over their lease. And so we, that that's how the expansion happened. It was just like, "Oh my gosh, what are we gonna do?" At first, we thought, "Oh, we'll just we'll just expand to like eight hundred square feet." So that quickly turned into we're expanding seventy five hundred square feet, and now we have a ten thousand square foot co working space that's opening in August.
1: <laughs> Curious did you did you spend any time looking at other locations downtown?
0: Oh my gosh, yes. That's the weird thing with <laughs> our
1: downtown. Um, yes, it's like waves where you have businesses come in, businesses go out, and then and then usually uh-huh. it'll be almost like a ghost town where it's just you have mm-hmm. empty spaces just sit for.
0: Oh, yeah. It's depressing. Months sometimes. Um, so, yes, we, uh, oh, my gosh, we looked at some such crappy spaces. Now, when I drive by them, I'm like, thank you, God, that you had a better <laughs> plan. Um, but, yeah, we, when we were thinking about the idea, and we had, like, a pitch deck, you know, and we were, yeah. like, pitching it to people, like, you want to be a co-founder, like, you want to be, like, a you know you want to be a founding member do you want to be involved in this it's like big you know opportunity for business owners in conway we were pitching it hard man and um and so we would like find a space like you know where the olive oil store used to be on oak street Mm -hmm. yeah it's like a maybe maybe two thousand square foot space Mm. and um and so we were looking at that space, and we invited all these people who were interested to come for a walkthrough. And we were just, you know, dreaming about it out loud, like this is what it could look like, this is where the desks would be, this is what. Anyway, so we um, we got like four people who were interested in in being founding members, and it was kind of like, okay, we're really like <laughs> we're pushing really hard, <laughs> and the traction is so slow. And um, and so honestly, I, w- I was like, I'm walking away from this. I can't spend all of my mental energy on this dream mm-hmm. project while keeping Silver Lake running, mm-hmm. you know, my branding agency. So uh, that's when Kate stepped in and she was like, look, I will champion this. I will like spearhead this. I'll keep it moving. And I said, please do. I trust you with this vision and I'll make it pretty. <laughs> and so so that's when Kate really took over, you know, as CEO, and and um, and continued to develop the the vision, you know, and and then just, dude, the one day, it's like you said before, the stars aligned, and mm-hmm. I, um, someone introduced me to Larry, Charlie Crossman introduced me to Larry, the owner of this building,
1: mm-hmm.
0: literally by saying, "That's Larry; he owns EM," pointing out the window, right, and so I dart out the door, chase him down. I'm like, Larry, my name is Jessica. I have an idea for your building. Doesn't everybody have an idea for the EM building? Like everyone has an idea. (laughs) So of course I'm like, I'm probably a dime a dozen, you know, that's approaching you with an idea for your building. But I'm like, here's my card. Let's have coffee. I'd love to show you the idea. So he actually calls me and says, let's have coffee. And I was beside myself excited it was like the the spark was renewed because the just even the sheer possibility of being in this building was like so exciting so i take my pitch deck to him and i was asking him to invest like i was asking him to be part of the studio and um he was like look i'm not doing that but i'll help you guys in every way i can you know make this vision come to life cuz he loved it he and liz are like super Bohemian, like modern day hippie, you mm-hmm. know. I met him so, once. He said to me, <laughs> "He said to me, somebody else had this idea too, but I like your vibe." And <laughs> so I was like, "Yes, uh, it pays to be true to yourself." Um, <laughs> like, be yourself, kids. Um. Anyway, so he, yeah, he helped us in so many ways when we started the studio. Like. He let us in here before we were even paying rent, so we could post a big launch party. You know, like he and Liz were like moving stuff around, helping us decorate. Like they have been the coolest, best landlords ever. They are all. They share like every social media post that we nice. do. <laughs> So anyway, and the same when we've when we've like decided to expand, they were like so on board. They're so <laughs> excited, and um, so yeah. Without them, this this wouldn't have been a thing in this building.
1: That's incredible. Yeah, I met him. Kind of met him. This was back right before I graduated college. I think uh, when I was waiting tables. Um, I think that's when I met him. Yeah. once yeah i was like it's one of the
0: things like everybody remembers but yeah if i
1: saw if i saw him i'd probably like because he yeah he's got this vibe about him like you saw him in the streets you know (laughs) curious uh will will em the em sign logo stay up or will you get will you get to switch that to the studio
0: yeah no we're call it it is the em building okay and so we will of course add signage for the studio yeah. but but the legacy of the em building
1: he, he wants to stay tonight. there yes. okay yeah i was always curious on
0: that <laughs> yeah yeah uh we've we've been trying to brainstorm all the ways we could use this interior neon they have larry ha- hung his own neon so there's just neon all all over the inside of this building and mm-hmm. So I'm like dreaming of ways
1: to reuse it, but yeah. <laughs> so now, so now you're at this point where you're expanding the studio. So where, what's the current state of that? And um, you are, you have a campaign for this, right? Yeah. Let's talk so, about that.
0: So um, we're launching our Kickstarter campaign literally this week. So probably by the time this airs, it'll be launched. Um, you can obviously follow us at the studio downtown on all the socials, um, and find the campaign. But um, in leading up to building a Kickstarter campaign, uh, we really fleshed out the plans for the studio. Um, We've already started Build Out. So um, that includes a uh, five phone booths. So like quiet booths for people to work um, and um, a podcasting studio that holds three uh, persons and has mics and headphones and all that included Um, A photo studio with several backdrops and some lighting. Um, A workshop that holds 30 people. Um, Another conference room, another eight dedicated desks. We'll have room for another 40 Nomad members. Um, Of course, we will continue to provide free coffee and snacks and printing to our members. Uh, We brew Round Mountain coffee and it's delicious. Um, and yeah, so, so yeah, we'll, we'll just continue expand this, the vibe of the studio. We have this globally influenced kind of bohemian vibe in here, and we're going to continue that over into the the 10,000 square foot of space and connect the two so that every member has access to everything.
1: Um, yeah. With the campaign, um, what is the goal with the campaign and, what are like some of the perks
0: yeah so we're raising 50,000 dollars and um some of the perks include some, just use of the co-working space so mm-hmm. uh membership or um use you know rental comp- of the conference room of course we have swag some tote bags and stickers and things like that um we have a big um a big perk for someone who I think it's like a $7,500 gift to get exclusive access to the building for an event. Uh, everybody wants to host their event here. So that's, mm-hmm. uh, that's like a one-time thing. We won't be doing full space events after that, but, um, oh gosh, there's so many, I, I'd have to look it up, but we've, yeah, we've got anywhere from like 15 to $20 gifts up to like a $10,000 gift. So something for everyone.
1: Mm -hmm. i'm curious what the ten thousand dollar is
0: (laughs) i think it's like naming an office like you get naming rights for an office it's named after you for like five years or something um and then oh also we're having a vip preview party so um a few of the gifts give you access to to the space for that preview party so um we're hoping to have like the who's who of conway here for that so we can uh kick it off with a bang (laughs) (laughs)
1: that'll be fun um a couple more questions um so with the with your co-working space what do you typically see the hours are you doing 24/7 or do you usually see what and what are you seeing like the average person yeah, are they working are there? not
0: really in here after 6. So really? we leave it uh, available to people until 8 p.m. It's but it's very like um honor system, you know, it, mm-hmm. you have a key card and you can mm-hmm. get in but after, you know, six o'clock, there's not going to be anyone to turn off the lights or, you know, brew the coffee or anything like that. So you're kind of on your own. Um, but because we'll have students in here too, uh, we'll keep it open. We'll do an extended hour, um, on this side of it, the chestnut side entrance will be called the study wing. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we'll have it open until like 11 PM Mm -hmm. so that our students can have access and, and do some work here after hours, but same goes for all the members.
1: Yeah this was always my dream when uh, we were talking about like Conway co-work cowork back in the day is like I I need energy like I want downtown to be super energized (laughs) and I was like I will I feel like I was going to be the oddball that I'll start some space and (laughs) people will be getting dinner at like seven eight o'clock and they'll be like why are like people down here like working or doing something I want that that scene that energy that
0: vibe yeah I know, i'm really excited for our, our entrance to be on oak street because i think it'll give the studio a lot more visibility mm-hmm. and then um we'll we're going to start hosting um our own events like studio mm-hmm. events um you know before the pandemic we had uh beats and brews which is where you come and bring your favorite vinyl and be- bring your fa- favorite beer and you you share it everybody swapped you know and um and so we'll hopefully revive that, and then we're also creating um, Art Walk in mm-hmm. Conway on Third Thursdays, starting in October. So that will this will be the home base for that event. We'll have live music right outside the door, um, art demonstrations inside the studio. So, yeah, part of the the studio's mission is to create a community space, you know, mm-hmm. that um, that really does like bring life, you know. Yeah to conway so that's exciting
1: we we should probably find time to talk about maybe bringing back one million cups
0: oh my gosh that's a good point yeah um yeah because we'll have that workshop space mm-hmm. um yeah Naples sponsored our workshop so it's going to be freaking dope it has a plant ceiling i can't wait for you guys to see it <laughs> i'm so excited about the workshop space um oh, man. Yeah, so yeah, we could totally host 1 million. Yeah, that'd
1: be great to bring mm-hmm. things like that back. Um, I've even started thinking about like Startup Weekends because I haven't attended one of those in a while. I'm not really sure. Yes. You know, with the pandemic, I'm not sure where those currently lie. I don't know if they tried to do one that was 100% virtual or anything, but I need to reach out to uh, to some friends who used to run those. And so, yeah, we need, to br- we need to bring this stuff back.
0: Yeah, um, it's, kinda, it's time.
1: Kinda, We're it is time, ready yeah. now. uh cool so to wrap to wrap all this up um if there are creatives entrepreneurs listening that are thinking about wanting to do a co-working space where they live or do anything like a studio an agency branding agency like what what are some of the big the big learning moments because I know you've mentioned a lot of them but just kind of like to wrap that up like what are big moments where you need to pay attention to like this is where I may have like failed or kind of hit a bump, but this is what you need to do to not do that.
0: <laughs> if you're thinking about starting a space in your, in your town, you have, no, number one, you have to get people on board before you ever spend any money on it. You have to, you have to create some sort of pitch deck or some sort of brochure or something that's visual. So people can really catch the vision and, um, and get them to sign on, get them to make a hundred dollar deposit or something like that so that they can be founding members Um, include some perks for the people who are founding members, you know, their name on the door or extra social media publicity, whatever. Get people on board before you spend any money. And then uh, number two would be be as scrappy as possible. Do not go into debt if you possibly can. You know, I know you have to furnish the space and it's expensive, but dude, IKEA, 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 <laughs> like thrift stores, thrift stores, thrift stores. I can't like. I mean, if you are if you're like us and you're you know you don't have a big investor, um, but even then, it's like if you got a big investor, you got to pay them back at some point. So I'm a huge fan of debt free business. You know. Um, and it cause it does cause you to be more scrappy. You know, you get 3000 bucks saved to spend on furniture. You can figure it out, you know, mm-hmm. um, you can go on Facebook marketplace. So yeah, be really scrappy about what you're spending. Um, and then three, you have to, um, advocate, um, for really the need you're meeting for people. So then people don't know that they need co working. They know that they're distracted when they work at home. Uh, they know that they're not getting a lot done. They know that they don't have any line in the sand between their work and their life. You know, they, there are, the problems are there and you, um, you, your co-working space is the solution to those problems, but they don't know that. So you mm-hmm. have to do a lot of educating and advocating for, for the space as a solution to some real personal problems that people have. I mean, mm-hmm. some people have said working at the studio saved their marriage. I'm not lying to you that we have, I've heard those words come out of someone's mouth and it's like, oh my gosh, do we, do we advertise that way? <laughs> we say, working here. We'll save your marriage. No, but you know what I mean? It's like, are you, uh, are you struggling to stop working at home? Are you finding that you're frustrated with your family because you're working from home too much? You know, like there are some real intangible needs being met by, by a coworking space. So Yeah.
1: Go after the meme culture. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Co-working can save your marriage. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, that's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, we'll push this to uh, to Conway as much as we can. So, uh, Conway, if you live in Conway, Arkansas, get ready for the studio.
0: Yes. So, August uh, 1.
1: Yep. We'll have all the links and the campaign link um, available. So, thank you so much. Thanks, Luke. Yeah. All
0: right. See you
1: later. See ya. Alright, thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Take 25. Any of the links mentioned will be in the description and show notes, so I please ask that you go check out all of the socials, the websites. They'll all be listed below. But I really ask that you go look at the Kickstarter campaign, see what the studio is up to, and be sure to support in any way that you can. Again, thank you so much for checking out this episode. Once again, if you're new here, please consider subscribing and following. It really helps out and shows a lot of support. Uh, excited to be doing a lot more of these. So thank you so much again. We'll see you in the next one. Yeah. I'm sweating. Yeah. In 2010, thought I was doing.